0: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American Pool table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, January the 10th. Coming up, we'll have reaction to Steve Evans leaving his role as Gillingham manager plus calls for France to lift its travel ban. But first, a family living next to a pub in Thanet say noisy drunks are ...making nights unbearable. They claim customers from the Dolphin in Broadstairs are keeping them up by hammering on their door, screaming and shouting and taking drugs. This is one of our most read stories today. Ollie's been looking at it for us and Ollie, how has this all come to light?
1: Well, there's going to be a licensing meeting later this week because the landlord wants to extend the opening hours. The pub's on Albion Street in the town and it was taken on by Max Williams last June... He's applied to stay open for an extra hour until 2am from Sunday to Thursday and until half two in the morning on Friday and Saturday nights. Kent police agreed to temporary events notice for an extension in hours in November and Mr Williams hopes to make it a permanent thing.
0: But clearly not everyone is happy.
1: No, absolutely. One neighbour has written a strongly worded objection and listed a number of concerns. It says there is extensive antisocial behaviour at night in the area around the Dolphin Pub and Alexandra Road, including lewd acts, public urination on private property, rowdy behaviour, screaming and shouting. And the letter continues. My family is regularly woken up by drug dealers, people using our drive as a toilet and by rowdy drunken behaviour. This is caused by the late night discharge of drunken people.
0: And what's the response been from the landlord?
1: While the licensing agents Night Training UK Limited, who are representing Mr Williams, say the new landlord wants to continue to be a great neighbor and play an active role in making Broadstairs a great place to live, work, and have fun. They say, we understand that you have concerns regarding the lack of regulation and policing of the premises. We would like to assure you that our client takes the responsibilities that come with a premises license very seriously. They've added that a dispersal policy has been implemented and that the management of the premises operate a zero tolerance drug policy.
0: So when will a decision be made then?
1: Thanet Council's licensing subcommittee will discuss the application of the meeting on Tuesday. That meeting is due to start at three o'clock and will bring you news of what happens.
0: Kent Online News: The very latest on COVID now. And figures show there's been a dramatic rise in the number of NHS staff off with COVID in Kent. The most recent data shows 627 were off work at trusts in the county on Sunday, January the second, That's compared to 223 at the same time last month. Ciss Wiggley from the Royal College of Nursing in Kent has been telling Jamie they're under huge pressure. Those
2: that uh, are uh, left behind on those wards are working flat. out to compensate for their members that are off sick and I think the other thing to remember is that people say well you can get in bank and agency everyone is fighting for the same ball of staff so there's not huge numbers out there just waiting to pick up the slack. And what are RCN members telling you? What is the morale like in in the healthcare system at the moment? It's low it's it's very low people are really quite overwhelmed they're getting quite upset And once you're in front of the patient, you put your game face on and you're doing the best you can. But once you're away from the patient, people are getting upset. They really feel they can't deliver the care that they would like to. And do you, you know, do some of them feel undervalued as well for the work they're doing? Absolutely. It is, you know, it takes a good four years to train a nurse and get them to the point where they're up and running on their own and able to take some of those really difficult decisions that they do for patients every day of the week. It is a profession. It is a hard-earned profession, but they do feel incredibly undervalued. You get pay rises that are quite insulting they'll stand and clap you but I'm afraid that doesn't pay the bills so yeah people are feeling incredibly undervalued and when you are saying as someone on the front line we are now at a critical point and you get politicians wandering around saying oh no it's okay it's all sustainable that is even worse these people are the experts in their work when they're telling you things are bad trust me things are bad And what are some of the consequences of having so many staff and and increasing numbers of staff off work at the moment? You've got the, you know, the the level of care that you can deliver is going to be really, really hard to, to, to keep at the standard that you would like to give it at. You know, at the end of the day and people that should be having perhaps one to one care, you've suddenly found that it's one nurse looking after two, three, because you haven't got the bodies on the ground to actually do that one on one. Um, and then you—it's the, it's the time. You don't then get the time with each individual patient that they deserve. They absolutely deserve that. It shouldn't be like a, a conveyor belt. You should be able to spend time with that individual because it's not just the treatment, it is looking after their fears and anxieties as well. You don't get that time. It's literally get in, do the bit of treatment and move on to the next person. That is not how we want to work. That is really not how we want to work.
0: Meantime, a private hospital near Maidstone has been put on standby to help the NHS as COVID infections rise. Kim's Embarstead is one of 10 sites that have agreed to hand over premises and staff if they're needed to ease pressure on the health service. A temporary Nightingale Hospital is also being built in the car park of the William Harvey in Ashford. More than a million People in Kent have now had their COVID booster jab but cases are continuing to rise with nearly 31,700 positive tests across the county in the week to last Tuesday. The number of people in hospital with coronavirus has also risen by about 60% in the space of seven days. Turning to travel and there are calls for France to lift its ban on tourists from the UK going there. The restrictions you might remember were brought in just days before Christmas as cases of the Omicron variant started to surge on this side of the channel well i've been speaking to chris parker from dfds which runs sailings between dover and france and asked if they're putting pressure on the french government
3: in terms of pressure on on governments i i I wouldn't say pressure i would say we look to work with them so we we spend a lot of our time talking with them explaining the impact of of the rules as, as as you know as they come in providing them with data providing them with ideas and we do that with both the UK government and the French government and, and of course you know we work across northern Europe so we talk to you know the Dutch the Norwegian the the, the Danish governments as well so we, we also try to help to share that information across to say look by the way this is what's happening here if you're not aware of it so we try to be that um that partner in the process uh, it, it is difficult because the the rule changes is quite coming sometimes quite quickly and Uh, you know it's not always very clear exactly what the implications are and that's something which we are working with them on to say look we've got no problem with you introducing rules but please give us a little bit of notice and at least allow us to explain to customers because that that way we avoid frustration for everybody you know whether it's border control our customers or for our own staff when we're trying to, to help people get away.
0: You mentioned February half term and awful, I know the children have only just gone back to school, but people will be wanting to to book in advance. What advice would you have, seeing as we don't quite know yet exactly what's going to happen in February? Can they book in confidence? And, you know, I'm sure you would like to see those bookings build before and not all these last minute <laughs> rush to get on a, on a boat over to France.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, certainly uh it it would be remiss of me to say yeah book there's there's definitely going to be no issues because it's impossible to say there'll be no issues uh however the direction of travel is very clear that that borders are reopening And, and i would say i would book personally i would book with confidence and i'm certainly looking to take my family away february half term um in in terms of um you know planning for that you know what we do is you know again just thinking about Put yourself in the shoes of the customer you know if you make a booking and then you can't use it that's the worst thing we we have a travel guarantee so if people can't travel in February for whatever reason then they can move that that booking to later in the year or even into next year so we make sure that people don't lose out of that so what I would say is I would I would certainly book um, I would book the ticket and you know prices obviously do go up closer to departure so you're better off booking earlier than, than later um, it is very important, of course, though, to keep an eye on uh, the latest rule changes. Uh, but as I say, with all of the data that we're seeing uh, in terms of the Omicron variant, in, in terms of uh, the discussions we're having with with government partners, the direction of travel is clear. There is a, a, a push towards reopening as opposed to closing down, uh, which is a real breath of fresh air i have to say
0: and southeastern are running a reduced timetable from today because of covid related staff shortages we're being urged to check before we travel as it'll affect train services across most of the county bosses say passenger numbers have reduced significantly since people were told to work from home again and the change will allow them to operate a more reliable service the kent online podcast with Ballin Maidstone, an inquest has heard how a teenage asylum seeker took his own life after being wrongly moved to adult housing. Seventeen-year-old Alex Tackle arrived in Kent in a refrigerated lorry, and his birth certificate was ignored by officials. He was one of four Eritrean friends to take their own lives within sixteen months of getting to England. With charities blaming government cuts to social services funding, meantime, several asylum seekers have arrived in Kent today after crossing the Channel. In freezing conditions, they were rescued by Border Force officers and brought to Dover. A record 28,000 people made the dangerous journey in small boats last year. The Home Office insists new laws will tackle the issue. A public consultation is underway into plans to build 1,500 homes in Thanet. Developers want to create a new neighbourhood in Westwood called Humber's Mill, which would also include a primary school, green spaces and shops. Online events have been taking place this month to find out what some of you think of the idea before an official application is submitted. Police have found a trailer full of stolen power tools in a forest near Ashford. Officers followed fresh tyre tracks at Hodeswood in Bethesden. They also seized a stolen generator and are working to identify the owners and arrest the thieves responsible. Now, education bosses in Kent are working on a plan to deal with the rising demand for secondary school places. It's thought around 6,600 extra places will be needed across the county over the next four years. Demand for special schools is also expected to increase. Meantime, pupils at a Kent school say their behaviour and work has improved thanks to the introduction of a therapy dog. North Fleet School for Girls brought in Cleo after seeing how much students benefited from spending time with animals at the school's community farm to learn about farming and animal care. Well, these children say Cleo has made a big difference. When I first
1: started, I was very scared to come to school because I I, I didn't know anyone. And I went out
2: with Cleo a few times. and she really helped me settle in. It helps people that are struggling with their mental health and going out with Clear for like 5 or 10 minutes just helps them refocus
0: and get back to learning.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Emergency crews have been called to Folkestone following reports of a woman and child stuck in mud. They managed to get out safely yesterday. It comes after firefighters had to rescue three people from mud in the harbour on Saturday. Ten rabbits have been rescued after being abandoned in boxes on the side of a road in Dartford. They were found with no food or water in Sandringham Drive on New Year's Eve. and are now being looked after by the RSPCA. The charity is investigating amid concerns that more owners are struggling to cope with pets during the pandemic. And Historic paddle steamer, which helped rescue thousands of soldiers during the Second World War, has returned to the towns it's named after. The Medway Queen was vital in the evacuation of Dunkirk. The vessel has spent six months undergoing a £30,000 renovation in Ramsgate and is now back at Gillingham Pier. Pam Bathurst is from the Medway Queen Preservation Society. In the
4: 80s, in 1984, she was just a wreck. Um, but over the years the the volunteers have worked on restoring various items um, until um, around about 2004-2005 when the hull collapsed. She has got a new hull thanks to the lottery um, but of course she is still the same ship. The engine is the same that was put in in 1924 and all the ancillary engines are all the originals so she is the same ship just got a new coat
5: briefly
1: um, as much as possible obviously. tell us a little bit about the history of the ship.
4: The history, went in, she was built in 1924 at the Ailsa Shipbuilding Company in Troon in Scotland um, and she was built specifically for traveling up and down the the medway. Um, she should never go to sea because she's only an estuary paddle steamer um, however when war broke out um, she was sent to take evacuees up the east coast Um, And then she came back, she was painted grey, had minesweeping gear fitted, and she was sent out into the English Channel. Um, That was uh, sort of at the beginning of the war. Then, of course, in 1940, Dunkirk occurred. Um, And because she was halfway across the English Channel doing her minesweeping duties, she was one of the first to get to Dunkirk. Um, And she did seven trips and and saved over 7,000 men. She was one of the last to get back as well.
0: And the first ever stage adaptation of The Da Vinci Code opens today at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley. The book's author, Dan Brown, has supported the production of the new play. Former East EastEnders star Nigel Harmon takes on the role of Robert Langdon, who was played by Tom Hanks in the film version.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football and the search is on for a new manager at Gillingham. Steve Evans and his assistant Paul Rayner have left the club following a poor run of results, which has left them firmly in the League One relegation zone. Their final game in charge was Saturday Day's 4-0 defeat to Ipswich Town. This is what Paul Rayner had to say after that game.
5: Well, incredibly bad first half. That was uh, as disappointing as it's, uh, as it's got. We've had some poor performances, but uh, for four to five, 45 minutes, we just weren't at the races. We weren't at the races, didn't track runners. When you do that against good teams with quality players, uh, obviously their manager's gone in there and he's got, he's got a real reaction from them. Uh, they played with a real intensity, they played with quality, they moved the ball very quickly. And when teams do that, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be able to stay with your runners. You've got to frustrate them. We did that last week. Unfortunately, we didn't do it this week. And that was the disappointment. The shape wasn't there. And uh, as I say, when you, the shape isn't there and, and people haven't got the discipline to uh, to do their jobs, good teams will punish you. You might get away with that uh, against teams lower down the league. But uh, Ipswich are playing with real confidence. As I say, the manager's obviously come in there. Um, he's got them working. He's got a real intensity about them. They didn't give us any time on the ball as well. And we did have opportunities to, to, you know, to get that first pass off. They were on top of us, and so it was a good all around performance from us. But a disappointing uh, from them. But a disappointing one from us in all aspects of the game.
0: So who's likely to take over? Then let's hear from our sports reporter Luke Cordell.
6: Another new chapter beckons for the Jills. Um, after the news on Sunday that manager Steve Evans and his assistant Paul Rayner are leaving the club, there was plenty of rumours on Sunday. But um, the announcement finally came from the club at four o'clock that the pair were going. They've been here for two and a half seasons, and for the first two years, it's it was pretty good. They've finished tenth place in League One for the first two years, but um, this season's been a a big big issues really ever since the start. Pre season, they were hit with COVID problems, and ever since then, there've been injury injuries after injury. Really, key players missing. They've had to dip into the youth team to bolster the ranks, and it just hasn't worked really. They they find themselves third from bottom after. A, a 4-0 defeat on Saturday. Um, it was probably as worse a performance as many people can remember for some time. It was certainly the worst under Evans's tenure as manager. Um, so the, the, everyone's decided to go their separate ways, which means Mr Scully is now looking for a new manager and he's not got a lot of time to find one, really. They've got a game against Burton Albion coming up on Saturday at home and um, whoever takes over is looking at a relegation battle. Um Jill's are third from bottom, seven points from safety. Whoever takes it on has got a massive challenge, really. Former player Neil Smith, um, he's been talked about as a possible replacement. He's been watching games at Priestfield regularly this season. Former Bromley manager, done well there. Other possibilities include former player Michael Flynn, but we'll have to see which way Mr Scally goes. He's not really got too many options at the minute. I mean, he could use his youth manager on a sort of temporary basis maybe, just to take the team on Saturday. We'll have to see. But whoever takes over has got a massive challenge ahead really and um, the next few days are going to be crucial in determining which way the season is going, really.
0: You can let us know who you'd like to take over by voting in our poll on the sports pages at Kent Online. Steve Bruce is currently your favourite. We'll keep you updated on any developments at Priestfield at Gillingham play at Burton Albion there on Saturday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash Subscribe. News
1: you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new
0: luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food, and bottomless brunches.